1: Bijou podcasts. Welcome to episode seventeen of the Stacey June Show. Today's episode is with the fabulous Flex Mommy. I'm Stacey June. Hello. I want to help you find your inner spark and i promise you this podcast is going to be so much more than a motivational meme by sharing the teachings and lessons i've learned on my path to spiritual and personal growth you too can connect with your true self and become the most honest worthy and powerful version of yourself you can be this podcast is going to be about connecting with others and reconnecting you with yourself learning to enjoy the good stuff in the moment the lessons in the hard stuff, which is often where they live, and to always find the funny in the fucked. Hey, guys. Welcome to this week's interview chat. I'm so glad that Flex is joining me on the show. I will tell you a little bit about her in a second. I have just come back from Melbourne, so probably a few weeks ago... um, I went to, went to Melbourne town, which is my hometown. And it'd been really interesting. I hadn't really felt homesick in probably like four or five years and, and found myself really needing to have a bit of juice, needing to get some, some hometown loving. Sometimes I feel like I need that, but in a much more, uh, I guess, touch base kind of catch up with everybody kind of way. This was a bit of a deeper soul level. I really needed to, just kind of recharge and get this, I don't know, this extra sense of something from my hometown and I got it so good. Um, I was so excited to have some really interesting podcast chats which I'll keep sharing on my socials. I was uh, on other people's shows which is something that I haven't done a lot of in the past which is so random considering I've been a podcast for like six or seven years and now everyone's got a podcast, everyone's got a space for someone to come and play but It's really nice. I like seeing what people are offering, the way that they run their shows, the way that they interview, the kinds of things they want to talk about. I did some really random stuff too. But um, if you are interested in hearing a little bit more about what I'm doing, uh, that is the best way to do it because they ask you so many questions about where you're at with things. There's been so much stuff that's changed over the past few months. Uh, So head to my Instagram if you want to check out the the episodes and the shows that I was on. Uh, I hope that you loved the spiritual showdown I had with Jez Khan. Um, It was such a great chat. We did a bit of a simulcast. I laughed because I felt like a simulcast was what I remember being a John Farnham concert being on like Channel 7 as well as Oz stereo on the radio so you could turn the sound off. This is like before surround sound in the 90s. And you could turn surround sound off on your TV and then – or you wouldn't even have surround sound. It was just TV sound unless you were loaded, which we were not – and you turn it off on your TV and then you would put your radio speakers on and you would get the same concept with like the teeniest delay. And they would say, it's a simulcast. Well, that's what Jess was calling our chat, that i.e. it was going on my show and his show. <laughs> so let him know if you heard him uh, on the show and you loved the chat. I'm sure he would really appreciate that. Today's guest is someone that I, I really found out about only recently, the past few months, in fact, via her sex and dating podcast, Bobo and Flex. Uh, I'll put that in show notes if you want to listen to it because I did have a plan for us to talk about a whole heap of dating stuff on the show and we got so caught up talking about manifestation and intersectionality um, to mainstream environments and and also the real big conversation around woo-woo and this idea about bringing it to the masses and how is the best way to have a conversation that involves everybody. She has this really great way of talking about how self-care and spirituality can be a little bit elitist and how we need to make sure that everybody's entitled to have that conversation because let's face it, we all have access to all of the tools and tricks that her and I have been taught. If you do want to check out more from Flex, you can also check her out via MTV. She's a TV and video presenter on MTV as well and a DJ around the country. But I don't want to ramble on for much longer. If you guys are keen to get to my very first self-centered Sunday event, make sure that you head to stacyjune.com and sign up to the newsletter. Um, I will be dropping the information there across the next week, the date, the venue, the ticket price, all that kind of stuff. So please make sure that you you show up and let me know if you're keen. I'm so excited to meet some of you and, and run my first solo event, which is actually terrifying. But in the best Best bloody way. And if you are somebody that's interested in uh, Ben and my fertility treatment, make sure you check out our podcast couple goals question mark. It is tracking uh, everything to do with our fertility journey and while we need why I should say we need to do fertility treatment. Um, ben has recently shared more about his cancer journey, and uh, we've opened up this week about our current our current situation. Or we will be opening up, sorry, that drops in, in a couple of days. So we will be dropping um, more information. Information about where we're currently at. If you are somebody that loves um, to get behind the curtain and find out what's going on in people's lives, then you might just be interested in a bit of a, a squeeze, a bit of a, a bit of a um, sticky beak into that show. But um, everyone's invited. But really, Ben and I have have shared our story because we felt like our particular story was just not told anywhere. And we felt often very last year in particular, quite isolated and, and really didn't have anyone our age to share it with. Prostate cancer is generally something that is, is really um, is really set to be an age group of around the sixties, 50 sixties. So that was just not our jam. So we do have a, a real, a real passion behind sharing our story and and we hope that even if it isn't cancer that brings you to infertility or you know fertility treatments that you're enjoying the show also so I'll put that in show notes as well all right guys I'm so excited for you to have this chat uh, to listen to this chat flex is such a ray of sunshine but she packs such a punch with her intellect as well and the combo is absolute killer and I think we're going to be hearing a whole lot more from this babe enjoy It's so lovely to have you on the show. I am so fucking excited that I found you. I just, I just, um, I mean, I have been on such a, a big journey myself and have been involved in different kinds of partnerships for such a long time. And it's only probably the last six months that I've really dived into doing a bit more independent work. So it's, I think, allowed me to take my sunglasses off a little bit and look outside of my inner circle and find chicks like yourself doing really like-minded work in trying to kind of cut through in a commercial space so I'm just loving it I'm just loving it so for those that. of you that don't know uh, Flex I have listened to her podcast Bobo and Flex which is fairly new right um mm-hmm. yeah. and I love it the thing that I love most about it is because the American podcast can be like 40 minutes at the beginning talking about Last week, the tour next week, fucking who knows what else. <laughs> and you girls are like, right? So who pays the bill? Hey, and it's Yay. like there hasn't even there's been barely an intro music, and you're just like, bang in your face. I'm frothing that approach. I really am.
0: Literally, what's the hold up? I just I don't like the bullshit in between selling a concept. I'm like, let's just have a chit chat and then. Like we don't edit, we don't cut it up, we just merge and splice together our two audio
1: clips and we upload
0: it. I mean, we said what we said. (laughs) Yeah, it's awesome. So I'll
1: put the uh, podcast in show notes if you guys want to have a listen for yourself. But I want to start off with talking about your very first episode, which was essentially a big conversation around the construct of romanticism. And I wanted to get your take on how you approach (laughs) – Having that emotional intelligence and being such a self care advocate for yourself and for others, and also quite a high intellect like you've got quite a good grasp of where we're getting fucked over by, you know, advertising or commercialism or those kinds of things, but then also sitting in a place of reality of who you are and how. You're going to run forth regardless of that knowledge. Mm-hmm. I, I just want you to talk a little bit about that, and also your idea of how romanticism either fucks us up or doesn't.
0: Yeah, it's tricky because I think that I think the basis of romance, generally how it's fed to us, is rooted in insecurity and the idea that an external an external stimulus or external validation is the only way you'll feel completely whole. And as much as you can be aware of that, it's really hard to unlearn. So. so many years of programming I mean you know more and then you can't unlearn it because you're like well I still want a boyfriend Mm. and I still want intimacy or I still want a wedding and so I still want a wedding I still want to have a partner and so it's almost not denouncing the necessity of romance understanding how much of that is rooted in your own insecurity versus a natural um, inclination to want to procreate with someone like get out of the sort of smoke and mirrors what is connected to the person I think the frustration with knowing what I know is that um, it's not fun to date anymore. <laughs> mm. Like I actively know that when I'm having the most fun dating, it's when I'm wasting my time on people who reek of red flags and baggage. And I'm like, well, I can, and this is a project. I can work on this. I can challenge myself. I can, this person can be somebody who can encourage me to be more compassionate, but still you either fall into the trap of meeting someone who is, emotionally intelligent but perform self-awareness which is like what we're getting a lot of in this era people who are like okay yeah i understand that people have feelings emotional labor is real it's okay to lead into certain emotions but also i do it from a clinical perspective i do it from analyzing my friend's situations or analyzing celebrity situations but when it comes to their own echo chamber of self they can't use the same critical um, thinking hack to analyze their own situation. I find
1: this happens a lot with men because I mm-hmm. think guys that are a bit more woke and a bit more in touch with themselves will often be in touch with more emotional intellect as opposed to asking themselves how they feel. Absolutely. Yeah. I struggle with that. I mean, I'm very good
0: at, at analyzing my emotions, but I'm working on leaning into feeling my emotions first. So I can easily acknowledge when I'm sad, but I won't cry and I won't I can acknowledge when I'm angry, but I won't yell. And I think part of that repressive nature is very, it's like hindering my ability to love and be loved freely because I'm always Mm. trying to, um, I guess, yeah, I'm trying to pull apart what it is to feel as opposed to feeling, I don't know, we're working on it. Um, but yeah, I think romance is cooked and I think that we so much of of it or what I'm understanding from doing this podcast and speaking to people is that there's internalized misogyny is so right. So Mm. right. Mm. We're starting with that. There's this idea of the way we've been conditioned to look at our role in relationships. We're here to elevate somebody else, to bring them into our lives to make them better first, and then ourselves. When we talk about sex, it's like we've all been programmed to be a vessel for some person's not, as opposed to sharing this beautiful intimate experience. People don't understand the difference between intimacy and romance. Like there's so much to unpack here that it's like, okay, where do we even begin? I'm talking to people who don't know where their clit is, and they're looking to find their partner. (laughs) Like, what do you mean? I know. So, I think
1: and the, it's, really hard yeah. to, it's really hard to, I suppose, explore that in yourself when you're locked and loaded in something too. I, and, and I know that you can, and I know I've said this a million times, There's, I've got a couple of friends that have totally met their person quite early on. But for me, it was impossible for me to learn the lessons I had to learn and being locked into something was just not going to happen for me. So I think it's so interesting, and I'm writing a book about it at the moment about how we wish away our single lives so quickly mm-hmm. when actually in order for us to get the relationship that we are aiming for, which I would hope would be a full, not full-rounded, you're never going to get everything, but you know, kind of an understanding of who you are to then understand what you need, it takes time mm-hmm. for you to spend some time by yourself. Absolutely. And we avoid this so much. So how have you built that relationship with yourself? And and where does this, I mean, it seems like you have quite a great grasp of your own self time and self work and not being afraid to hang out by yourself. Oh. But a lot of people don't have that. How did you, how did you get that if I'm assuming correctly?
0: Yeah, it's tricky though, because while I like to thank myself purely for that, it really does help that I had a mom who really gratified me and inflated my sense of self and my ego. And I didn't realize that at the time, obviously, but she instilled a sense of confidence in me that came from her. So even if I didn't believe that I was attractive, she did. If I wanted to change something about myself, she'd be so incredulous. Like, oh, you want to close your gap in your teeth? Why? That's insane. Like, you're amazing. What do you mean that person didn't like you? I can't believe it. Like, (laughs) she just, she really took away any concept of doubt within myself for myself um, and I just thought everybody had that relationship with themselves because I thought everyone had a mum like I had a mum. So it got to about 17 or 18 and I realised just liking myself wasn't a valid it wasn't a valid enough reason to, to succeed in life. <laughs> um, and I started getting really into analysing myself. And so I read all the books, did a personality test. I think the first book that changed the game for me was this book called How to Understand Others by Understanding Yourself. And even the title... Made no sense to me. What do you mean? I can understand other people by understanding myself. I was like, this is cooked. But I read it, and it was all about archetypes and the how, how we fall into, you know, different archetypes and the reason why we can't connect with certain people is because our archetypes don't match up. And then, so from analyzing myself, almost like religiously daily, it brought me to this point of uh, maybe about a year ago when I was like, wow, I can understand myself and people theoretically so well. But I haven't transitioned that theory into action because why do I need to? As all millennials do, we're so used to publishing and having the quickest, fastest, most accurate hot take that we don't do any of the action. It's more important for us to publish our thought than to go out into the world and explore that thought, you know, in a physical realm. And so this, for the past two years, I've been challenging what it is to exercise self-care and self-love and to understand myself and to understand others. And the practice element is insane it just blows your mind because I've, I sort of, I've called this period of my life turbo flex because just being full time on my bullshit has illuminated the fact that it's not enough. I can read all the books and do all the self work and be really shameless and, and go to therapy and have the hard conversations and then realize the people I'm dealing with haven't done the work. And people are rooted in contradictions and, and hypocrisy and hyperbole and they will never meet me on my level unless they have the room for themselves unless they have room for themselves to like grow at their own pace. So it's just been a challenge to like to I don't know, to already have this rooted sense of self that now I'm backing up with evidence of really liking myself and understanding that it's not simple for everyone. And it might be therapy, it might be my podcast, that'll help them, I don't know.
1: <laughs> it, it takes time too. Yeah. I think, you know, you kind of can't learn the action without having the curiosity first. <laughs> like, the, it's, it's really rare for you to get that action across, like, and skipping the curiosity part. Absolutely. So I feel like there are steps, and I think everybody listening needs to also understand that, that you're going to have to work through the steps it's exactly why I started the podcast because I wanted tools behind a motivational meme I was just so over the inspo part leading to fucking nowhere but a tag um and and so it it is a really important part of the self-care practice is that you can kind of start to be interested and the curiosity is there and that's brilliant to to start it but I, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. It, it really has to have, you have to get some runs on the board for you to start to see the super big changes that we're all capable of. Um, what do you reckon is up with to, with uh, self-care and the, and the taboo conversation? I feel like we're in a really different space <clears throat> where we are looking to be able to modernize it. I know you and I are both really quite passionate about that from just listening to your stuff and the way that you approach things. But, I mean, how do you reckon we're going to go? It's still – I still get a little bit uneasier here and there that I have put myself in a certain box, even though I refuse to be boxed. It is often – put like that. I I kind of post something still and think maybe some old school radio dude that I used to be super commercial is looking at me going, look, she's turned fucking fire. Um, And I still have those thoughts. I mean, where do you reckon we're at? And do you just ignore that kind of shit? Oh, I definitely
0: don't ignore it. No, no, no. Not about that. Um, I think for me, my frustration has been with the commodification of self-care and the marketing around it. I think once mm. you, we all get sucked in in the same way. Our insecurities get sold back to us um, through product or experience. And so really, Religion, yeah, all these stuff, things. And so yeah. my frustration with the way self-care is marketed today is that it's all rooted in things outside of yourself. Like you need, you know, you need to go to someone who's going to build you your sense of self. You need to buy that product, go to that seminar, have that experience. And people start to think that, People, experiences, things, objects are their barrier to feeling better. And so it's this endless cycle of, I feel shit, let me go to yoga, let me get my nails done, I feel better, let me not acknowledge what's going on, I feel shit again, I'll go to yoga, I'll get my nails done, I feel better, oh, I feel shit again, let me get my nails Like It's this endless cycle where we're plugging the hole, but we're not fixing the leak. Um, And I understand that self-care or the marketing around self-care is a necessary entry point for the greater person to acknowledge that there is a way to fix how you're feeling. But I do worry that for a lot of people, it's the, it's the start and the stop. So they do, they acknowledge that, yeah, meditation helps me, but it's like, okay, what is it about the practice of meditation that is helping you? Oh, it's spending some time to myself. It's developing myself. It's taking the time out to nurture myself. Oh, I understand there are other ways in which I can practice that outside of this, practice of meditation or you know getting my nails done is more symbolic of pampering myself indulging myself being mindful that I need things and I need to um, acknowledge those okay great let's do more of that and so I think the frustration for me with with saying that I practice self-care is the perception that it is this very like um this it's a marketing exercise and I often find that it kind of what's the word i'm looking for it devalues the actual practice of what we're doing sometimes we get boxes like this woo woo hippie hippie oh she probably charges her crystal mm-hmm. she's spooky doesn't know what she's talking about when a lot of what we're talking about is rooted in pragmatism it's just acknowledging what the cause of your your ailments are and then finding practical ways to fix them and you know and for some people a practical way is meditation but it's like the emphasis is always on the the action and not the Um, the theory behind how we get to the action so it's super tricky and I think Mm. all we need to do is lead by example because these conversations we're having we can't have this with every single person who wants to know how to feel better about themselves how to care for themselves how to love for themselves but if we just continue to be on our turbo bullshit on a public forum
1: (laughs) it's worthwhile Mm. it so is and it's interesting because I feel like um I don't know there's uh, do you feel like do you believe or have like an understanding of frequencies and different? I, I hate doing the level up or down because it feels like <laughs> maybe people think they're better or worse than others. Yeah. But, I mean, how do you work through? I guess that that energy leveling system of when you when you break through stuff that you you reach different frequencies and then people that join you on that frequency are around and the people that don't drop off.
0: Yeah, big fan. I totally believe in frequencies. But I often think the conversation around frequencies, manifestation, higher levels uh, are safe for people who are on that level of consciousness as well. I find it very um, debilitating and also um, segregative when I have those conversations with people who aren't on the level. You know, it, it Because, again, we can find very pragmatic ways to explain what frequencies are. It's a level of understanding. It's a level of um, experience coupled with shared experiences, stories, narratives that aid in us in our understanding of the world sure but it's these terms that almost aim to i don't know it's not that it sounds elitist but it, do, it definitely does um it, it it has the wrong effect on a lot of people and so while i am as much a spiritual person as i'm as i am a pragmatist but i found that in the general circle of like communicating my message to my audience i have to do it in a in in a pragmatic sense because it's not going to make sense. I often talk to people about this conversation we have about the universe and the universe is speaking to us and the universe has our back. But I'm like, realistically, if I'm going to talk to somebody who is not spiritual, who is agnostic, who's never had a chance to really test their intuition, who is ba- like making decisions based on insecurity or, you know, just random, then telling them to trust the universe is telling them to trust their shit, in- their shit intuition that's failed them thus far. It's like trusting the universe is the process, the process that comes when you've really aligned yourself with yourself. And so I get really worried that these buzz phrases are also a barrier to, to having the right conversations with people.
1: So if there was someone like trust- listening and they were at that exact place, that they, uh, they've they got no knowledge on the situation and they, they manifesting to them has become some form of a word that, that – a witch would do, or somebody that's kind of a bit crazy <laughs> would do. What would you yeah. say would be the top three steps for someone like that to start to open up their mind and and maybe shift their understanding of of that term for themselves?
0: Great, yeah, that's a great question. So, for my manifesting ebook, I think the frustration was everyone's like, "I'm not spiritual, I don't believe," and I was like, "It's not about." being spiritual. So when I break down a topic like manifesting, for example, I say the way I attack manifesting is in three steps. It's belief, intent, and action. Belief is the first step. Do you really believe that you can achieve the thing you want so badly? We consciously are only like active, yeah, our brain is consciously active like 10% of the time, and the rest of the work it does is subconscious. Like so if your brain is like churning and churning subconsciously 90% of the time and you're spending more time thinking about how you're not worthy, that you don't have value, that you're not smart, that you're not intelligent, you're not pretty, that you can't have, the 10% of forward chit-chat you do isn't going to really help you in the long run because you're already doing so much more damage than you think. As soon as I found out that your brain can't tell the difference, between reality and fantasy, it really makes you wonder, fuck, all all that drama I I, I manifest in my head, all these hypothetical scenarios, all this music I consume, all these conversations I have about what I would do and wouldn't do, those become your reality far more than the actual experiences you're having day to day. So I tell people, realistically, when you want to move to LA in six months, you're telling everyone, yeah, I really want to move subconsciously, you're more, more likely thinking, no, I just want to get off work. Uh, maybe I can't move. I don't really have money for a visa. and I, I don't know. Maybe, like, it's going to be really hard. Will I make any friends? That is sooner your reality than not. And then intent. I think we've all become really good at selling ourselves a narrative. You know, I remember when I wanted to be a DJ. I told people I wanted to share music with the world. When, re- in reality, I just wanted the access and the lifestyle a DJ had. The perception of what that would look like. And so if I wasn't clear on the narrative or my intent, my superficial intent, then I wasn't aware of my barriers or my motivations. And so in my head, I was like, if I didn't tell myself, of, if I didn't explain to myself what my real motivation was, I would have assumed that sharing music would have been what would fix me, what would make me feel better. And when it didn't, I would just share more music, right? Because that's what motivates me. no. Like validation motivates me, like access to resource motivates me, money in my bank account motivates me. Okay, so now it's not being a DJ, it's being paid to be yourself, Will, like wake the fuck up. And then I think the frustration with manifesting and anything spiritual really is people come to it through insecurity. It's like their last step. I've done everything and now I'm just going to try this spiritual thing because everyone's doing it and like I've got nothing to lose. And they forget that a fundamental part in any act of spirituality is action. Like manifesting can't happen unless you actually action the things you're trying to wish for. And nobody thinks of that. So you get stuck in this endless cycle of thinking and doing your vision boards and doing your affirmations, thinking that that in itself will get you what you want. And granted, that will help you with your belief system, but it won't help you with your intent and it won't help you action your actual goals. And so there you have it. Like I've listed out a very spiritual process in a pragmatic way. And if if you can't lean into it from pragmatism, then you probably aren't in a place to even manifest to begin with like it's the barrier is you <laughs> really so yeah. I found it really so helpful it's, all, to just, it's, yeah. very,
1: it's very common sense you know I, you take off all of the all of the um and I and I said this before in a few things that I've done with I don't even know what to call the girls that I've coached uh I'm not gonna. It's like I. Your mentees, my mates, yeah, my mates. Um, my my open friends. Yeah. Um, is that it's this isn't this isn't your word of the Lord. This is not my word. Mm. This is not Gabby Bernstein or Mariana Williamson mm. or um, I don't know Tony Robbins. Marie Yeah. Yeah. It's not all their words. It's just simplicity behind the way that people have found things to work yep. and science to some degree. Absolutely. And we're getting closer and closer and closer to proving that it's getting more and more and more uh, focused and more budgets and all kinds of things. If you haven't watched the the Netflix series Heal and you are a person that's beginning, <laughs> watch the se- watch the show, watch the doco because it, it has a really great pragmatic, as you said, approach, but also backed up by a lot of people that would come from a place of scepticism that have found themselves going, fuck, okay, this is why and I can prove it this way and I didn't really look at it from that Mm. perspective before. So it's a nice place to be in this space as long as we don't get caught up in a lot of the stuff that you mentioned earlier. And I think, yeah, also it's about self-preservation and also making
0: sure that we're not liable for everybody falling into this really reckless idea of what their definition of manifesting is. I found that using the phrase, like using phrases like trust in the universe and manifesting has been really good when I'm connecting to somebody like you who's like minded. But I've fallen into the trap of, of saying, Yeah, you need to manifest harder or you need to just, you know, elevate your frequency. And then someone's been like, Yeah, I get it, I get it, I get it. And then quit their job and be like, I don't know, Lil, I was elevating and I did what you said. Like I was thinking and you know, and I was like doing the work and it didn't happen. And I was like, Oh no, 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 no. Like I can't be liable. But you're not understanding, and so for me, it's, it's um, precision of language has been really helpful. Yeah, I've, I've just gone through the world thinking that people understood where I was coming from, and they weren't, and it's gotten me in trouble.
1: I, it's so important. Yeah. My my um, partner is a massive. Uh, he's been such a big supporter and helper of building mm. this new show, but I've been doing this for a really long time, and I know. Who I want, not only who my audience is, but who I want to share with. I want to share with people that might be sitting on the edge, that might be a bit skeptic, that it doesn't need to be a cool club over here or a weird club over here, that everyone can take the tools. But when we started doing the promos and the ideas at the start, he was like getting this inspo music and doing all this. I am—I can help you. Oh, like, no. And I was like, Jesus, bro, I, that's not my jam. And, and that's how he'd learned. So it's not that he necessarily wanted me to fit into something that I wasn't. It was just his understanding of, I, I got a lot from these kinds of people. This is the kind of style, but I completely agree with you. I think that there is such an exciting space for people that want to have this conversation, like with mm-hmm. a maid over a coffee, that really is about a language that everyone yeah. is invited to use. I am very mindful
0: that it can be yeah, really elitist really nice. at some point. Like, you know, if manifesting doesn't work for you, then you're not spiritually inclined enough. And so go read a book and work on yourself. Mm. And it's like, okay, like let's, how do we break this down for the person who has no idea who would never think to even reach for a book on elevating themselves? And how do we make it an open discussion? Because it is an open discussion and it should be, I mean, but i often find that you know we're not given tools to develop ourselves like you don't learn how to do that in in primary or secondary school tertiary school we well, don't
1: even learn how to do fucking taxes exactly school. like you, you don't nothing like this just and what what is the benefit lot. of an educated
0: society like it's not in any it's not in the government's benefit for us to be like okay whoa like we really don't have to abide by the scarcity theory we can we can be abundant we can have things and do things crazy like there's no benefit in a self-sufficient society and so yes I'm very mindful that we we feed into the narrative of yes we like we are the barrier to your learning because we're educating you but I also want to encourage people to do it themselves like if I didn't tell you or if Stace didn't tell you you also have access to this information (laughs) like it's on the internet it's it's at it's at your friend's house over a coffee with a mate like it exists outside of
1: us and it's it's often a very similar message so wherever you want to get it from you might like vanilla you might like chocolate you might like strawberry whatever flavor like there's plenty out there for you to kind of take whichever flavor you like it delivered in mm. and mostly a lot of this the actual message is going to be really really similar We've spoken a little bit about how it's important for you to keep that language open yeah. when it comes to self-care. But I want to talk to you about intersectionality. Like, I oh, I knew I was going to go <laughs> with this word like a fucking idiot. Intersectionality. Yeah, yeah. Intersectionality and and I suppose the parts of this conversation that you're passionate about uh, playing a role in and having and having I suppose that very similar language where everybody's invited to the convo, what particular parts of that theme are important to you to converse about
0: well it's frustrating because i talk about intersectionality a lot and about how my introduction to it is not from uh this innate want to learn but more so this fear of not understanding this fear that somebody will call me out for not being inclusive to the trans community or the lgbt community or um you know all other communities outside of myself I've always been fearful that someone to be like no you don't understand you're not taking the time out to learn and so my intersectionality has been rooted in in fear and I think that's the frustration because I am happy to be shameless on a, a public platform and to have the hard discussion be like you know I don't really understand someone's lived experience outside of my own because how can I you know how am I really going to mm. understand your day-to-day if I've never lived it and you've never spoken to me about it So for me, it's been really important that I need to unpack that fear and be like, okay, I can't feel an for not understanding my perspective, so I need to lead by example and intersect my own platforms, share my narrative shamelessly and then invite others to do the same. I think what's frustrating, though, is that I'm very mindful of how tokenistic that can be. Like, I don't get it, so let's just find a representative from that community to talk about it and then, like they can be the educator and that's fine and that's how we'll do it Mm. um but i just think that yeah performative inclusivity is the first step to actual inclusivity so i do feel that a lot of us perform intersectionality before we actually realize it that we're kind of like oh i don't want to get called out for like misgendering so like let me quickly make sure that everyone knows i don't just mean a girl i mean like a cis heteronormative female who identifies as the, the, who assigns the, the gender they were born into? It's all this fluff, which is so necessary, but also distracts us from the fact that we still don't understand. We're just performing understanding. So it's been super difficult. Mm. And I think one of those mm. things, or one of the hardest things about intersecting our politics, our feminism, just the way we live, is that we still go to one person or two people for that information. So I still go to my two trans friends as, the, you know, the thought leader for every conversation I have about trans lives. Or I still go to my, you know, 10, 20 friends who are part of the LGBT, LGBT community as, you know, my insight to that. And it's still not the right thing to do. It's still We still need to do more research. And intersecting is not, like, what is the experience of an Australian queer person's life? It's like, oh, what does that experience look like in Africa or Europe or Asia or... It gets so hard. It gets so hard, and the work is never done. It really isn't.
1: It's hard because you know it's where do you ask the question? So you, you, I think you listened to my chat with Roxane Gay, yeah, and and her big conversation at the moment about feminism is supporting, you know, like what the what are the minorities within feminism, Mm. and one of them is women of color, Mm -hmm. and so it's like where do you start? I mean, I've never had somebody well I won't on this show to come on to speak on behalf of that people come on because of the things that they do and the work that they do if that happens to be a conversation that comes up like yourself where you can talk about that but then it's like uh, again the same deal Uh, why am I talking about it and why uh, why would I raise this when my initial conversations and interests were about self-care and all of the other Mm -hmm. things you do not about the color of your skin yeah but having said that when do you then feel comfortable having the conversations and with whom? Exactly.
0: And I think we're in a place of privilege that people will give us the benefit of the doubt because we do have platforms and we are sharing information and the, the consequence or the result of having a chat with us is that we can broadcast your message to thousands of people, therefore you're not having the conversation thousands of times. Amazing. But I do worry that for the average person, when are they given the onus to go... DM a person of color or a person of queerness and say, Hey, I've got a few questions. Like, do you mind answering them? Because often I find it's exhausting. It's so frustrating. Like, I'm talking. Why do you get asked questions? Oh, a lot? my DMs. Like, oh, on a good day, I've got 100 DMs. And granted, about being black. Oh no, about be, being black. About being a woman in the music industry. About yeah, um, right. being really sexually liberated. So, all, all of, of them, it. All of right. it. And so you fall under a lot. yeah of the cat- so cat- many. Cat- growing up black in Australia, like growing up religious. Yeah, it's just right. everything. And granted that, I have curated this my platform to have that discussion. I want people to. I want the discourse to happen. But again, it's like uh, you, you don't always have to ask me. Like You can also do your Googles. Like You can ask people. For instance, like the other day I said to myself, when will we stop using guys as an inclusive term for people? It, it's not oh, inclusive. So cool. It's really limiting. But as Australians, it's yeah. part of our lexicon. Hey, guys, what are you doing, guys? Hey, guys, you want to ask <laughs> Oh, something? Like, and it's like we've got to stop because it's not conducive to <laughs> – like to to inclusive language and granted I'm not offended by being referred to as guys but I do know how um how disarming that would be for somebody who was trans or somebody who mm. had been misgendered their whole life for other reasons like it's so simple but if we can't start at something as, so, as simple as guys then how do we have the greater conversations about inclusivity and intersection and intersection um, intersecting our politics or our feminism we can't And when I posted that on my story, everybody was so defensive. Well, what do you mean? Like, oh, it's so hard. And, like, we all say, guys, we've said it since we were little. Like, how are we meant to change that? Or people were like, I don't see how it's offensive. Do your research. (laughs) Like, go ask Google. (laughs) And it's one of those things where, again, it's like if I'm going to be the person who encourages these, these discussions, I understand that I have to be the person who moderates them in some way the person who encourages more of it to happen but also i worry that the conversation starts and stops with me like we're going to listen to flex's podcast because she'll talk about sexual liberation and eating ass but i won't have the discussion with my mates because i'm it's just awkward it's like well that's not it's i'm not trying to create a bigger echo chamber within the echo chamber i'm already in that's the problem mm. the problem is our echo chambers and i don't want to be i don't want to have to challenge everything for the sake of challenging things because that's not fun either. I don't want to be this person who has to have the hard conversation every time. I don't want to tell my friends oh, so why she funny. can't touch my I hair. Know. Like, I don't want to have to have these thickings. <laughs> like, I don't want to have to tell someone that, like, you asking your boyfriend to jump you is, like, non-consensual and is, like, like it's regressive. Like, I don't want to have these conversations, <laughs> but if I don't do it, then well, who that's will? Right.
1: And I think people turn to, you know, podcasts or, I guess, the louder the louder voice, whether it's a microphone or that that one person at that girl's catch up, and it, it's I think it goes back to that way that we communicate too. So if you are out with friends, there's often a lot of booze. So there's people that are going to kind of get influenced by different things or drugs or whatever it is that you're doing and who you're hanging around with, which takes me to the next bit, because I have said at the very end of the podcast a lot, and it really just came through me one day. And I've really kind of stuck with it, that it's not my responsibility to Help, like help everybody learn these lessons. Like once you kind of start to explore a little bit within yourself, that it's really important that we all have the conversations within each other. So I really back you when you say Mm -hmm. that. But it it isn't easy when we find ourselves, particularly, well, maybe not just women, but I mean that's my experience. So as women, where we, oh no, 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 actually it's both because I feel like my man's got this too, where you get a bit stuck with letting go of people in your life that are also not open to the kinds of conversations you want to have. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it's like yeah, that's how a big one. much do you then dive in? Because your, you're tested straight away. So how serious are you about living your life like this? How serious are you about helping? Because it really does start with conversations. If you are unable to have those conversations, then it's going to be left like people like you and I. There's never going to be a real change. So you need to be able to at least have a think about – changing the people around you but then again how serious do you take that are you cutting off your mum, your dad your brother like people or like your best friend from fucking year seven whatever it is yeah. what is the level of doing your bit and kind of taking yes. it too far like how do you figure that out uh, this conversation is my kink this is
0: great so i'm i'm of the belief that anyone can catch this energy like nobody is um nobody is immune to this energy i'm going to bring about anything and so i'm going to start by first saying that i don't cancel people i'm all about rehabilitating if necessary so not i know a lot of people have fallen into the truck being like that person's a bigot cut them loose that person's a homophobe cut them loose person's racist cut them loose like hit them where it hurts don't stream them don't talk about them blah 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 but again, that's regressive because generally, I refuse to believe that people who get cancelled on such a wide scale would have done the thing they did if they knew it would result in that. It's true. People don't know what they don't it's know. True. You know, people like aren't
1: I born to was, be fucking assholes, like
0: literally. You know. And I've been so problematic. I, I was wearing kimonos and bindis to festivals a couple <laughs> years ago, being like, "This is cute," you know. I was using very like um, I wasn't using inclusive language a couple months ago. Like it's it's very hard to learn. And it's very hard to want to learn because if it doesn't orbit around you, then you feel as though you don't have any access to that conversation. And you're an outsider you're in of, your own
1: life. That sucks. Yeah, yeah.
0: The ton of friends I knew who were like, I don't know any gay people. So I don't really want to vote in the plebiscite. Like this is, what this is fuck? like yeah. liberal people who were like, I don't really know any gay people. So you're like, <laughs> um, but for me, the challenge has been to keep the same energy. And so I will have these hard conversations with my parents and all my mom and my brothers and say, no, what you're saying is invalid. Like, in- inherently invalid. You can't, like, it doesn't work for me. I was sitting at my, um, I was at dinner with my, like, my immediate family and my extended family and um, one of my, I guess you could call her, like, my auntie, she showed me a, uh, a picture of this um, woman who's a performance artist who performs while she's pregnant. So she's completely naked, has on pasties, does a bit of a makeup thing and does like a drag show, not drag. It's like, um, she identifies as female, but she's pregnant in costume, doing drag, like burlesque. And so my auntie was showing everyone around the table being like, Oh my God, this is so empowering that she feels as though she can exist in this, you know, hypersexual space as a pregnant woman and not feel as though her sexuality or her, her, um, you know, or the way she's perceived to be less than because she's carrying a child. And so my auntie is showing everyone this picture. So these, there are like liberal women, liberal men my mom, like everyone. And everybody's like disgusted. Ew, why is she, why isn't she covered? Like what's wrong with her? And I was like, can I just stop everyone for a second? What is fundamentally wrong with this image? I'm just trying to understand where you're coming from. Like she should cover up. Isn't she embarrassed of showing her body like that? And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to ask you a question, mom. As somebody who has carried three children to full term, who thrives off being a mother, who brags about the blessing that motherhood is, how do you look at this picture with disgust and not see that you're a hypocrite? That's what I said. Because I was like, I would have that conversation with anyone. She was like, you're so rude. What? Why are you speaking to me like this? I'm like, why are you? Like, look at how you're presenting yourself as an authority figure at this table, the figurehead, saying that. And like fundamentally carrying a child is disgusting and showing that process. I'm just trying to understand. And she was like, I don't think it's disgusting. I'm like, You just said it was disgusting <laughs> And she's like, You're being very competitive. I'm like, I'm just trying to understand. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to understand, you know, it's chill, yeah, I'm not yeah, fighting, yeah. but if you're offended, I'd love to know. She was like, no, I'm just worried about what people would think about her because she is a mother, and obviously she's bringing life into this world, and she should be a better role model for people. I'm like, are you, so you're hypersexualizing her body is what I'm hearing. She's like, well, yeah, it is sexual. I'm like, do you think this is sexual? Are you sexually attracted to this naked woman doing burlesque? And she's like, well, no. And I'm like, so what is this, like, what is, why are you rooting all of your, like, your immediate response in the perception of what someone might think about this woman as opposed to saying, oh, I don't really have that many opinions on her. I just worried for her like use your words and she was like oh i didn't realize that that's what i was saying i'm like well that's what happens when you're complicit in um the perception of what you're saying if i didn't ask you to clarify i would have assumed that you thought the female form was disgusting right so like you Mm. need to be mindful that you can't walk through the world just assuming that everyone's gonna think that you're that even if you didn't say anything that your best intention was met it wasn't and it's really unfair and she was like, why do you think so much? And I was like, why don't you think enough? You have to be super mindful that you're an authority figure in my life. There are people, very impressionable people, people, who look to you as a matriarch of this family. And as now that you've said that you didn't find this disgusting, they've all been like, oh, actually, no, it's not disgusting. It's actually quite good that she's challenging the ideas of sexuality and motherhood. Excuse me? How do we get here in four minutes? It was so bizarre. Mm. And so I just thought to myself, this is a good reason why I feel like everybody thinks that when I'm saying I'm being turbo, it's a performative thing for the internet. Like, Oh, she's just saying that. And she's not going to challenge. It's like, no, no, no. no.
1: I really am.
0: It's (laughs) like, I think about the the conversations I have on my podcast about guys I've slept with and the way I pursued them. And one guy messaged me who listened to me was like, well, it's so funny because if I didn't, if, I knew you weren't talking about me. I would have thought that you were over-exaggerating because who has energy to call somebody out like that? Who, after the first day, expresses direct interest? Who like? And I was like, this is what I'm talking about. It's not a game. Mm.
1: <laughs> yeah, and back to your point about it's kind of a public, personary vibe, mm. it is so much harder to stand up to people like your mom and your family. Yeah, it it's, is. It's so interesting. I have I have an awful story about a um, 21st that I went to in my family where there was not organised by anyone from my family but at the party there was a photogram ordered. And when I say ordered, I can't even use that language. It's so disgusting. I can't even figure out a way to tell the story without feeling <laughs> mortified and embarrassed and just so confronted by something I was kind of I was involved in by default you know and I had a I had a real moment the person who's 21st it was is someone I cared about so much and I thought to myself if I walk out of this party there's going to be it's going to be a shit fight like I know it is because I've said that this is just so so disrespectful and whilst that person might Feel empowered and have a choice and want to do all of those things. I just don't think that this is a good idea for our younger little cousins who are all girls. I just, I just, I fundamentally feel uncomfortable by the whole thing. And, but, you know, I've got on the radio on national, um, national radio talking about my sex life and talking about periods and talking about all this shit. There was nothing. There's been nothing harder than making a decision to walk out of a family do to really action through your message or your belief system or your, I guess, need or uh, intention to try and have a conversation, for you to try and and open up a different thought Mm -hmm. process. There's nothing harder than doing that within your own family because it's just you still want to belong and you still want to not be ostracized even when there's things that are so disconnected from the way I live my life now as a 35 year old woman and and the way that I see the world I just don't connect to that and and it was it was pretty hard and and it was so I was lucky that I had my husband say let's get out of here and I did have a bit of a support team and what that did was showcase to my cousins that this wasn't okay for me and that was all I could do but it did create a bit of a shit fight I walked out and people kind of had a go at me and said get back on your plane to Sydney you snob and all this kind of shit like at my own family do like my own family like it was awful because that's still your family doesn't matter what is the what's the go, what's going down there that's where you come from that's what you know and and it's not what I know, but it's what I feel... It's what I've been told is my home, you know? So it is really difficult for, you, for us all to have those conversations often with the people closest to us. But I think that's where some of the proper shift can start within us individually. Because when you are challenged to do that and you challenge... It's essentially challenging your actual the core fundamentals of your belief system absolutely learned them from and it's all about critical thinking because i know a
0: lot of us again perform inclusivity we perform wokeness we perform political correctness because we're scared of the consequence of not you know and so i often think that a few things to remind ourselves is that you don't have to be everyone's fucking soldier like it is not up to you to be like i'm going to take everybody on right here right now because if i don't the consequences that they'll never learn. And sometimes it's just not your business. Sometimes you'll be like, you know what? I'm just going to bow out of this one. I can't have the speech. I can't tell you why this is problematic, but I'm just going to leave. But also with that being said, I think that in itself is an act of self-care. Like you can't, you literally can't take it all on. But I think it's just for me, I know that being complicit has done me so much wrong in the long term than just being on my bullshit. And so, in some situations, I know my, like I know it's not appropriate to say how I feel, so I won't. But often, I'm like, oh, I just need to like quickly nod and be like, you know what, it's a bit that's a bit sus. And it doesn't always have to be this really well said, articulate argument as to why it's inappropriate for X, Y, and Z, or, or a protest. Protests, like you know? it can yeah, just be like, exactly. oh, this like I don't know why this makes it look like some kind of way, but I just feel funny about this, so I'm just gonna like head out real quick, or like. You maybe don't talk to me like that. I don't really know why it offends you, but just, like, until I unpack it, like, maybe don't address me in that way. Like, and it's it looks little things, like, oh, what was that? Did you hear that? Oh, my God. No. Well wow, that was scary. Is everyone okay? I think it was a notification on my computer. Well, um, but for me, it's, it, you do it on, I think it's very easy to want um, to wanna make the hot take in the largest way possible so everybody knows that you're a well-aligned person it's so easy to you know make the post on are you okay day and then yeah and then and and make the post on like when it's when we're talking about hashtag me too and make the post when aziz ansari has been through that shit fight of the sexual assault allegation. It's so easy to publish that on Facebook. Just so you know, I'm going to virtual, a uh, virtue signal for like a cute three minutes. So you know that I'm not sass Ha ha ha. But in the long run, you get a bunch of people who are uneducated about what the problem is. Who are scared to speak up and say, "I don't really know why that's problematic." Can you teach me? For fear that they'll, they'll be called out, and that's a really, that's a valid fear to have because people often don't know why they feel so strongly about certain things. You know, they don't know why it's problematic. They just know that it's more problematic not to know so they just pretend to know so I think in the instance I have to really unpack like Lil, what do you actually care about because you really can't be everyone's soldier so fight the battles that are closer to home because they're the genuine ones they're the ones that you will do the most good in long term and call out your family
1: <laughs> yeah and also, yeah, call out your family and friends. But I think that was a really good point of what's your intention. So it's if you're unsure about how big or small to go, have a bit of a check-in with how what you need okay. in that environment. Like that was certainly where I ended, where I landed. I was like... I'm just super uncomfortable and I'm not going to do this necessarily. My main focus isn't to set an example. My main focus is just to take myself out of a situation that's making me feel really dicey. Um, But then in turn, if that helps, then great. And so I like that. I like that you know, that, that real intention and that beginning point has kind of calmed mm. down a little bit for me rather than it being some form of soldier and just kind of self-caring first. And I think when you try to be a good person, a lot of the time if you check in with yourself, then it will help a lot yeah. of other people too. I challenge everybody listening to to call out one problematic friend
0: or family member this week. <laughs> just call it, but call them in. I think that's the language you need to understand let's not the out we don't need to at them on on twitter or instagram or whatever but just a quick like hey i noticed that you are still wearing native american (laughs) headdresses i think that's (laughs) honestly (laughs) yeah i don't really know or like i was you know i know at that kendrick concert and i know he says the n-word like all the time (laughs) um (laughs) but i just think it's like i'm not sure that um we as white people should say that <laughs> you know it can be chill it can be so chill but I think like once you start on that level it's really easy because like, obviously like you will get the most combativeness from somebody who loves you it's not the people on the, everyone on yeah, the internet will back down when you call them in or out and like oh my god I didn't know I'm so sorry mm. but it's your it's your best friend it's your partner it's your parents who will be like what? what what's this what's your problem Like, well, you're stubby now, or you've done a bit of reading, you think you're better than us. It's that you need to work through, because that's going to be the thing that will challenge you to be like, okay, what do I actually believe in? Mm. How do I critically explain that, you know, to this six-year-old person who's been, you know, so integral in my upbringing that they've got to do some learning from me, a child. (laughs) Like, it's tricky, but the quicker you do that, the quicker you can understand what work needs to be done on a grand scale.
1: Mm. Oh my God, there's so... I could talk to you for another fucking hour. I know. <laughs> um, and we didn't even get onto dating, but I'll have to get you back on and we'll need to really hash in. But there's so much cool stuff that you girls are doing on Bobo and Flex about dating. So I will put a couple of my favorites into show notes as well, because I love that conversation. I love it um, And I love the emerging self-care and uh, dating, I suppose, connection that you guys are tying into everything. It's so, so cool. So... I know so many people that are single Pringles listening, so that is definitely an extra resource for you to chuck in. So rather than rehash some of that stuff, I'll just send them your way. Love Um, it. But, Flex, this has been awesome. I am so, so appreciative of your time, first and foremost, and, um, and we'll have to have some fun again soon.
0: I can't wait next time I won't be sick
1: (laughs) you coughed only once and let's I've just had a chronic cough for a long time I think it's grief moving through me but I'm I'm cool with it Yes, and I am quite impressed at at how you just kind of really rolled through it it was quite it was it was was really swift it's not us then who yeah yeah that's right Hey guys, if you love the chat with Flex Mami, make sure you let her know on Instagram, flex.mami. You can head... To her website as well, uh, which is also on her Instagram account. You can buy her ebook, which is The Steps to Manifesting. Uh, it is an awesome little book and it's cheap as chips. So make sure you head there and support. And of course, in show notes, I've got her sex and dating podcast, Bobo and Flex, that's available for you to listen to right now, wherever you get your podcast. Thanks so much, Flex, for joining me. I hope that we get to have a yarn and have some fun together in the future. I am loving doing the show, guys. I'm loving meeting like-minded people I've enjoyed having so many of these chats because they're really forming into cool relationships and different different um opening up different doors to me uh with people behind them that are so like-minded in their quest to be able to have conversations that are deep and spirited but still fun and woke and and light so I'm very very grateful to be going on this journey with you if you do like this show please 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 make sure that you tell a mate I would love this week for you to share it uh, with a friend. That's the quest for this week. If you are able to send through the link, the podcast link via text to one particular friend, that might mean that we get a whole heap of double listens. Um, And I really, really appreciate your support online as usual. So keep it coming. If you're loving it, let me know where you're watching um, or sorry, where you're listening. I really, really enjoy seeing those podsies. All right, guys, until next time, I will be back with another self-centered sunday podcast on sunday thanks for your patience with not having that up this week i was on a holiday till then guys catch up bye bijou podcasts the home of taboo conversations
0: ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me Keke Palmer.